Well, praise the Lord. This is Minister Van, and we are coming to you in a part two series of Your Purpose, His Promise. Your Purpose, His Promise. The last time we came to you, we focused on your purpose, and um, we're going to do a recap in a little bit, and then we're going to move right on to series two, part two. Heavenly Father, we come to you right now, dear God. Thanking you, Father, for your many blessings in our lives. Thanking you, Father, for giving us another opportunity, Lord God, to share your word. Thank you, Lord God, for your listening audience, Lord. Lord, I ask that you touch the hearts and minds of your people. Open up their hearts and their minds and their so that they will understand what it is you have for them today, Lord God. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, for this is a vessel to be used by you, Father. We thank you for when Christians speak talk radio, Lord God, for allowing us to use this vehicle, Lord God, to get to your people, Father. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that this is your word. And you said when your word goes forth, it will never return unto us, to you, Lord, that it will go out and accomplish that which you have purposed it to accomplish. So, Lord, it's not about us. It's all about you. We thank you, Father, for your understanding. We thank you, Lord God, for all these many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. In Jesus' name we pray. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Your purpose, his promise. Um, we're going to start with part two in a little bit. But let's just do a recap from part one. The last time we talked about um, knowing your purpose. Each of us has a purpose, and that purpose, whatever God has ordained for you, is to benefit his kingdom. Its intent is to for you to draw people close to him and or for you to reach souls for Christ. Kingdom building. And the final analysis, that was that is what we are all created to do. We each have a purpose to fulfill the ultimate purpose, kingdom building. How we do that is in our individual purpose. Last time we talked to you about how you need what you need to do to get to um, know your individual purpose. What were you designed to do? So we encourage you to go back and listen to um, part one of this series and um, knowing your purpose, identifying your purpose. You see, God knows what his purpose, his design is for you, but you've got to identify it. You've got to acknowledge it and you've got to embrace and fulfill it. Get this. The purpose that God has for you is for you. No one else can fulfill your purpose. You are unique. You are one of a kind. When God created you, he created something special. He created something wonderful. When God created you, the intent was for you to walk in your God-given purpose. Get this. Your purpose originated with God's plan for you. You have to walk into your purpose with passion, practice, confidence, and a willingness to be teachable so that your purpose is fulfilled in every sense intended by you. So in summarizing part one of this series, you need to pray and have that conversation with God that's seeking his wisdom. Then you need to listen closely. Don't be so anxious to get a word in. Listen to what God has to say to you. Remember, oftentimes he may use other ways to let you know what your purpose is. He uses people sometimes. So listen to what others may be telling you about your gifts, your talents. Listen to your own gifts. Listen to your own passion, your heart. Remember, your purpose was determined way before you were born, at the beginning of time. Your gifts, all good and perfect gifts come from God, were given to you freely so that you could fulfill your God-given purpose. Remember, your purpose isn't just about you. 
It's about helping others to reach higher heights in Him to get to know Jesus. Now, let's continue on in this series, Your Purpose, God's Promises. In part two, we're going to focus on the promises of God and the importance of standing on those promises. 2 Corinthians 1.20 says, For all the promises of God in Him are yea, and in Him amen, unto the glory of God for us. 2 Peter 1.4 says, And because of His glory and excellence, He has given us great and precious promises. These are the promises that enable you to share His divine nature and escape the world's corruption caused by human desires. Remember, your purpose is not just about you. It's about what God wants to do through you. Your purpose, God's promises. Romans 8, 28 lets us know in all things, working together for good to them that love God, to them whom are the called according to his purpose. Again, that's Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. So perhaps you may be going through something right this very moment. I'm here to encourage you to stand on the promises of God. Tough times will come. There's no doubt about it. But if you believe God and if you trust God, then you will know that tough times will come, but they'll only make you stronger and that they're meant to help you fulfill your purpose. Do you love God? Then all things are worked together for your good. As a believer, you are called according to his purpose. God is working all things together for good. But those who love God are best able to appreciate that fact because they love him no matter what. I'm going to trust you, God, no matter what. I'm going to trust you. Do you love God? I mean, do you really love God? For to love him is to trust him. And if you trust him, you will obey his word, knowing that his purpose has been fulfilled in your life. When we read further ahead, verse 31, Paul admonishes us and he says, Well then, if you believe that, then why are you fretting? Paul says, If you love God and believe that all things work together for good for you, since you love him, is there anything else to say? Is there anything else that matters? If you are a believer, you can rest assured that all things are working together for your good. Romans 8.31 says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? What shall we say to all these things that are working against us? What does it matter? What does it matter what man says? What does it matter what turmoil or situation I'm going through right now? What does it matter what people say? What does it matter how my body feels? What matters is if God be for me, who can be against me? If God be for me, if God be for me, if God be for me. Talking about the very God who, according to the next verse, Romans 8.32, spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? All things work together for my good. Well, sister, no, you don't, you can't truly mean that all things, maybe certain things, maybe the good things, but you can't mean 
everything's working together for my good. Well, the scripture says all things are working together for your good. Every situation, every trial, every tribulation, every persecution, every distress that comes to you. If you're a believer in Christ and if you truly love God and then you are called according to his purpose, then all these things may come at you, but they can't destroy you. All these things may come at you, but it cannot penetrate you. Why? Because according to verse 37, the word of God lets us know, Nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that love us. We still talk about the God who loves us so much that he gave his only begotten son to die on the cross for our sins. And because he conquered death, all things, praise God, all things are working together for good to those of us who love God, to those of us who are called according to his purpose. And so, when trials come, when tribulations come, and yes, they're going to come. When life gets a little rocky, oh yes, it's going to get a little rocky sometimes. When the roads get a little bumpy, oh, I'm sure you've had some roads and some bumps in your road. When the mountains get a little harder to climb, you can know without a shadow of a doubt that the word of God is still standing. That you are more than a conqueror through Christ. That no weapon formed against you shall prosper. And because you can be sure of this, you can be confident that when these situations come about, guess what? They're only milestones on this journey to prepare you to fulfill your purpose. Your purpose, God's promises. Another one of God's promises is that he says he would never leave you. God designed you for a purpose. God's desire is for you to know recognize and with confidence walk in that purpose he has for you and he promises to stay with you through the good times through the bad times through the hard times through the good times bad times hard times whatever times you may be going through he promises to never leave you to never forsake you to be with you always even to the end of times he does this because he wants your purpose to be fulfilled are you walking according to his promises are you standing on the promises of God? John 10, 10 says, The thief cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. Jesus says, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. An abundant life means nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing lacking. That's by faith, you see. Jesus didn't come to steal from us. He came to give good things to us. He came to bless us with all good and perfect gifts. Jesus didn't come to kill us. He came to give us life and life forevermore. His death, his burial, and his resurrection came about so that we could have life and abundant life here on earth full of all the blessings that he has in store for us an abundant life here on earth and an ultimately eternal life with him always will always be the presence of the Lord Jesus says the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly Jesus death and resurrection crushed the enemy's work. Jesus' death and resurrection crushed the enemy's work. Did you hear me? Because of Jesus' death and resurrection, the thief, who is the enemy, is already defeated. He's already defeated. Praise God. Praise God. Matthews eleven twenty-eight is another one of God's many promises. Matthews eleven 
28 says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. This is Jesus talking. The 29th verse says, Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Another version of this says, Come unto me, all ye who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Amen. Amen. I challenge you today, don't allow the cares of this world to cause you to lose your focus. Do not allow the cares, that's the struggles, the challenges, the trials, the tribulations of this world to cause you to forget God's many promises. Another one of God's promises is peace. Peace. John fourteen twenty seven. Jesus says, Peace, I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth give out unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Hmm. Jesus says in different versions, says, I am leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart. <laughs> and the gift of peace I give is a gift the world cannot give you. So don't be troubled or afraid. Second Timothy 1 7 says, God promised us power, love, and a sound mind. For it says, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love, that's a promise. Of love, that's a promise. Of power, that's a promise. And of a sound mind. He promised us a sound mind. You may think your mind is all cluttered with the cares of this world, but if you turn it over to Jesus, I said, if you turn it over to Jesus, as he said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, then he will give you rest. He wants you to take your burdens to him and he wants you to rest. And when you give in to fear, you begin to doubt. See, Second Timothy lets us know that God's not giving us a spirit of fear. So when you give in to fear, you begin to doubt. And seeds of doubt breed deception. And deception breeds deception. Deception upon deception. The spirit of deception is as old as the Garden of Eden. When Eve opened herself up to be deceived by the devil, she opened herself up to a world filled with all sorts of disappointments, a world filled with all sorts of heartaches, a world filled with all sorts of pain, trials, tribulations, persecutions. You see, the apple looked pleasing to Eve's eye. Optical illusion. She thought it was life-sustaining power. The enemy knew it was just the opposite. Deception. Things that appear rare, drawing you away from the truth. Deception presents a shadow of appearance that you are on the right path but in truth it's only a delusion it's only deception you see deception plays with your mind and an unrenewed mind causes you to lose focus of the facts presented in God's word facts that the promises of God are yea and amen deception is trickery and it'll lead you towards hopelessness and despair take the mirage in the desert for example a man tired and thirsty who has lost his way ends up in a dry a very dry desert and he's longing for to find his way out of there he's longing for escape he's longing for an end to his suffering he's tired and he's thirsty so he's searching for water and off in the distance he sees something you see it's really a mirage far off into the distance but he runs to it thinking that it would contain a lake of water 
that can satisfy, satisfy his thirst. But when he gets there, he kneels there only to find, as he stumbles upon it, there's no water here. It's only in my mind. It's only a mirage, an optical illusion. It's only deception. You see, that's what happens when you stop holding fast to his promises. That's what happens when you decide to take matters into your own hands. That's what happens, you see. You end up in a desert place, a dry bones experience. That's what happens when you start doubting God. That's what happens when you no longer believe in his promises. His promises, praise God. His promises. And then you begin to listen to the wrong voices. You stop reading the word of God that is sustaining life. You start, you start believing that God has left you during that dry season. You do that because you say, I don't feel anything. I can't feel him and I can't see him. But where in the word of God does it tell you that you're going to see God and that's why you need to trust him? Where in the word of God does it tell you that you need, you'll feel God and that's why you need to trust him? Mm. Mm, mm, mm. You begin looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. You're thirsty because you're not holding fast to the many promises of God. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's another one of his promises. He begun that work in you. He has a purpose for you. He's going to give you all the tools you need to fulfill it. His promises are yea and amen. You say you're tired. You say you're tired of waiting. That it's been too long. That if God was going to fulfill his promises in your life, you say he would have done it by now. Hmm. So you begin to doubt. And doubt seeps in. And you begin to take your eyes off the prize. You begin to focus on your circumstances, your surroundings, instead of focusing on God and his many benefits. Proverbs one. 33, God did promise you peace, you see. He says in, in Proverbs 1, 33, But whoso hearkens unto me shall dwell safely and shall be quiet from fear of evil. Another version says, another version says But all who listen to me will live in peace, untroubled by fear of harm. You know, in this world that we live in with so much destruction going on, so many things going on right now, you need to focus on God. You need to focus on God. I'm going to give you seven scriptures that will help you to handle anxiety and stress because you can't handle it, basically. The word of God in Hebrews 11:6 says, faith, says, have faith in God, for without faith, it is impossible to please him. Psalms 55 and 22 says, acknowledge that you need him. Cast your burdens upon the Lord. Acknowledge him. And remember Isaiah 55, 17. Isaiah 55, 17 says, No weapon formed against you shall prosper. No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Matthew six thirty four tells us, Don't worry. Do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will worry about its own things. Matthew six thirty four. John 14.1, beautiful John 14.1. Let not your heart be troubled, Jesus is speaking. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Mm, believe also in me, John, Jesus says. Psalms 4 and 8 says, I will both lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. You alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. And don't you know that Jesus loves even the birds of the air? And that Matthew ten twenty nine lets us know that no, not one sparrow falls to the ground 
apart from your father's will. Now, if he cares about the birds, if he cares about the birds flying and he knows every hair on your head is numbered, wouldn't you think that you who he created after his own image, he would care about you, he would love you, he would cherish you, he would protect you? Don't you know that? He loves you so much. First John 4, 4 says, Greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. Psalms 1, 3 says, And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. A tree planted by the rivers of water. God does not want you to fear. He does not want you to worry. He does not want you to take on anxiety. You take it on the cares of this world that you were meant to take on. Luke twenty two forty two says, Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And Matthew six thirty three says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all other things will be added. So we need to cross out anything and everything that's not of God. Seek him first in everything. Lean not to our own understanding. In all of our ways acknowledge God, because surely, surely he can and is well able to direct your path. Philippians 4, 6 says, In everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Praise God for what First Corinthians 2, 9. Eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor have it entered into the heart of man. What, what God has in store for you. He loves you so much. He loves you so much. See, that's why he tells you to take his yoke upon you and lean of him. Learn of him. He says, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Matthew eleven twenty eight. <laughs> Deuteronomy one thirty two says, You saw how the Lord your God carried you as a man carries his son. How many of us are parents would do whatever we can to take care of our children? Whatever we can to take care of our children because we know that's our responsibility. But don't you know God knows his responsibility? God knows what he needs to do and God's promises are yea and amen. God has promised us. He has promised us a good life. He has promised us all those good and perfect gifts. He has promised us peace. He has promised us wisdom. He has promised us all those things. Those who wait upon the Lord shall renew your strength. Isaiah 40 and 31. So shall we say boldly, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do. Hebrews 13 and 6. He gives us rest. He gives us rest. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Psalms 37 7 says, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Well, you may be saying, Sister, I'm trying to rest, but I can't rest. I can't rest. My bills are new, due. I can't rest. I don't know where my next meal is coming from. I can't rest. My child needs um, tuition paid. I don't know how I'm going to get that done. Rest in him. Lean not unto your own understanding. Rest in him. Acknowledge him in all your ways. Rest in him. Take your eyes off your situation and focus on someone else. Encourage somebody else. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Philippians 2, 4. I can guarantee you, I can assure you that God's promises, many, many, many promises are yea and amen. So you know what you need to start doing? You need to start praising him now. You need to start praising him in the midst of the storm. Yes, praise him. 
in the midst of what you may be going through right now, praise him. God inhabits the praises of his people. God inhabits the praises of his people. Stand still. I challenge you, my sister. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stop praising him now. Praise him for all those things he's already done for you. Praise him because you can still breathe. Praise him because you can see. Praise him because you can hear. Praise him because you have a roof over your head. Praise him because you have a job. Praise him because you have a family. Praise him. Praise him. Everything might not be going the way you want it to go. But praise him. In the midst of everything, you still give him praise because you know that the best is still yet to come. You believe by faith that the best is still yet to come. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Look ahead. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him for the best is still yet to come. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord of the Lord. Another one of God's many promises can be found in Isaiah the 40th chapter 29 to 31st verse. Isaiah 40 29 to 31 says, He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. Mm, mm, mm. He giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases their strength. I want you to think about that for a minute before we go on. He gives power to the faint. And to them that have no might, he increases strength. Praise God. The 31st says, Even the youth shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord (laughs) shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. He gives power to the weak and strength to the powerless. Praise God. Another one of God's many promises can be found in Philippians the fourth chapter and the nineteenth verse. Fourth chapter of Philippians and the nineteenth verse. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Doesn't God know what you need? Doesn't he know what you need to sustain in this life? He knows very well because he made you. And he will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, 37 and 39. Romans 8, 37 through 39 says, Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that love us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Think about the love of God. Think about how powerful that is. Think about there's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in his love. That nothing, nothing can separate me from his love. Nothing can separate you from his love. 
your purpose, God's promises. These promises of God lets us know that God wants the best for us. That God wants us to walk in our purpose and that his promises will sustain us as we work to do his will. The promises of God are powerful and awesome to grasp. I pray that these scriptures about God's promises have been helpful to you. Knowing your purpose is key to being and doing all that God has intended for you to do. Psalms 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore will not we fear, though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea. Thank God, he is my refuge. I thank God, in him I can find strength. I can find strength. He is yet faithful. Are you yet faithful? Are you yet holding on to his promises? From the beginning of time, God knew what he had purposed for each one of us. It doesn't matter whether we've gotten off the path he's planned for us. His purpose for us remains the same. Even when we took detours, God, the great I am, was still with us. God ordained a work for each of us to do here on earth. And if we are to fulfill his promise, his full purpose, we've got to follow his plan. His plan, you see, all written in the book of life. Be still, God says, and know that I am the great I am. I'm still God, and he's still the promise keeper. Just as he told Moses, tell them, I am that I am. He, I say to you today, we're talking about standing on the promises of the great I am. Standing on the promises of God. Are you yet holding on? Are you yet fasting to? Are you yet holding fast to His promise? Hebrews eleven twenty three says, "Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for He who promised is yet faithful." Why is it so important that we hold fast without wavering? When you are in a state of wavering, you allow the door of unbelief to open. And through this door of unbelief, you give the enemy a foothold to plant seeds of doubt into your mind. And when these seeds of doubt begin to sprout, it nourishes other negative seeds, causing them to spring up. Hold fast, my sister. Hold fast to the profession of your faith without wavering. I know it's not always easy. I know it's not always easy. I know life will throw you some bumps right sometimes. But guess what? God knew about those bumps before they came. He knew about them before you were even born. Hold on, my sister. Hold on, my brother. See, you place your timetable on God's. And if it doesn't quite happen like you expect it to happen. If it doesn't happen when you expect it to happen. If it doesn't happen where you expect it to happen. You decide that it's not going to happen at all and so you lose confidence you lose hope and you begin wavering that's how satan tricks man to give up to lose faith be still my brother and know that the great i am is still the great i am hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering are you yet holding on are you yet holding on, my sister? God has promised you that he has begun a good work in you and that he will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He who promised is yet faithful. What about you? Are you anchored in the Lord? Are you stable? Are you drifting? Are you holding secure? Are you fixed? Are you unmovable? Be still and know that the great I am is still God. Stand on the promises of God. He will not fail you. He cannot fail you because he's a God who cannot lie. Are you yet holding fast? 
when you are yet holding fast to your profession of faith, your feet have been pl- firmly planted on a solid foundation. Are you rooted and grounded in the word so that when trials and tribulations come, and yes, I know you already know that they're going to come, you will remain faithful. Are you standing on the promises of God? Are you buckled down so that when the winds and storms of life come your way, you'll be anchored? Are you secure in his words alone, knowing that you're not subject to drifting? Are you yet holding fast? When you're anchored, you'll not be carried away with every whim of doctrine. Your purpose, God's promises. Are you standing on the purposes of God? Are you standing on the promises of God? Be still and know that the great I am is still God. Galatians 5 1 says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty with, with Christ has made us free. And be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Jesus Christ paid for our freedom with his blood. So we are to stand fast, for we are indeed free. When you are free, no more shackles. When you are free, you're no longer behind bars. There are no shackles holding you. The past is the past. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Man, you see, may bring up your past, sister. But those who are free in Christ are free indeed. Are you standing on the promises of God? Steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Knowing, trusting, and believing that the best is still yet to come. Are you standing on the promises of God? He who promised is faithful. Are you standing on the promises of God? Are you thriving on the promises of God? Regardless of what the circumstances may look like. Are you trusting in the Lord with all your heart? Leaning not unto your own understanding. Are you acknowledging him in all your ways? Allow him to direct your path. When situations come, is the word of God hidden in your heart? So that you do not stand, sin against him. Are you standing on the promises of God? The word of God, a powerful weapon to be used against the enemy. Do you doubt him to keep you during these tough times? Do you doubt God to keep you during these tough times? Psalms 119.11 Is the word of God hidden in your heart so that you do not sin against him? Are you anchored in him? Have you dug in your heels, your spiritual heels that is? And are you still yet holding on to his unchanging hand? See, God does not change. We change, but God does not change. Are you still yet trusting him? Where is your faith? Where is your faith? How many know that faith is the substance of things hoped for? Those are his promises and the evidence of things not seen. I might not see my way out. I might not feel my way out. I might not even hear my way out. But I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to trust you, Lord. Because I know, Lord, by faith is already done. If I can trust you for my salvation, I should be able to trust you to sustain me through every situation. I have not seen you, God, but I believe you. See, I wasn't there when they crucified Jesus. I wasn't there when they did all manner of evil against him. You weren't there when they ridiculed Jesus on that cross. You weren't there when they did all manner of evil against him. But you say you believe these things happen. You say you believe the word of God. You were not there when they crucified him. You were not there when they hung him on that cross. You were not there when they buried him. You were not there when he was resurrected. But. Praise God. You say you believe the report. You were not among the disciples as they watched him ascend into heaven. But yet you believe. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. Do you believe? Then hold on to your profession of faith. Your purpose, 
God's promises. For if you can believe in his death, burial, and resurrection to save you, surely you can believe in his sustaining power to protect you. If you can believe in his ascension and his promise that he said that he was going away to prepare a place for you, but that he would surely come again, surely you can believe him to do exceedingly abundantly all that he has ever promised he said he would never ever leave you that he would be with you always throughout eternity do you believe that are his promises enough to sustain you or are you still wandering wavering between two opinions and times like these when all things seem to be failing you do you trust him how many know that we should call upon scriptures to console us and not our friends? Oh yes, we should not give up. We should hold on to God's unchanging hand, for that's where we get our source. That's where we get our strength, God's unchanging hand. For God is not slack concerning his promises as man is. If God said it, that settles it. That settles it. If God said it, that settles it. Your purpose, God's promises. Are you standing on the promises of God? Again, are you a doer of the word and not a hearer only? Do you cling to the word of God and truly believe that it is a lifeline? Are you anchored in his word so much so that you joyfully spread it to others? Do you truly believe the word of God? The word of God that's quick. Do you believe that's powerful? And do you believe it's sharper than the inner two-edged sword? The word of God lets us know in Mark 13.31 that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall by no means pass away. Are you anchored in the Lord? Are you in it for the long haul? Or when the tough gets going, are you slipping out the back door? Are you slipping out the back door? Are you standing on the promises of God? See, he cannot fail. It would be your benefit to follow his plan. Stand on Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. So I say to you today, wherever you are, whatever time it is, wherever you are, the great God says, I am that I am. And he has sent me to tell you that he said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. I'll be with you always, even unto the ends of times. In summary, in summary, all God's promises are yea and amen unto the glory of God by us. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things are worked together for the good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose. Remember, God promises to never leave you. Among so many other promises, He says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. Remember to leave your worries behind and just trust Jesus. Cast your cares upon Him, for He cares for you. Remember Philippians 4.19 But my God... Mm, but my God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And I want to leave you with this message. A message of, I hope this message has been a message of encouragement to you. God has spoken and his word is true. No matter what you see, no matter what you fear, feel, no matter what you hear, no matter what man tells you, the great I am is still God. And he can do and will do just what he's promised. So just be still and know that it's already done. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. It's done. Don't allow doubt to penetrate your mind. It's done. Stay focused and know that God is God. It's done. Be still and know that the great I am 
still loves you. He still cares for you. And he loves you. And knows everything that's going on with you. The great I am is still God. He changes not. But he changes the heart and minds of his people. Praise God. Praise God. Now you know. We've been talking about how good God is. And his faithfulness. But if you have not accepted him as your savior. Then you cannot allow him to be your Lord. Because he has to become your savior first. And I don't want to leave this message Without including it in the plan of what we call the plan of salvation. So before we pray, I just need to ask you, are you saved? Are you born again? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior? You see, I don't want to assume that everyone listening is saved. For those who are not saved, for those who are unaware of that salvation, I want you to listen to me very carefully. At the end of the day, when you breathe your last last breath, Or when Jesus comes back, what would be your destiny? What would be your destiny? Heaven or hell? Oh yes, just as this earth is real, heaven is real. Just as this earth is real, hell is real. Have you already accepted Jesus Christ into your heart and saved? That is, have you acknowledged that God sent his only son Jesus to die on the cross for your sins? Have you Ask for forgiveness. Have you repented of your sins and by faith received his forgiveness? If not, then you can do that right now. You can do that right now. Right now. Because he, Romans 10, 9 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What you need to do is admit that you are a sinner. Romans 3.10 says, it is, it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. So you need to be willing to turn from your sins. That means to repent from your heart. You need to believe that Jesus Christ died for you, that he was buried and that he rose from the dead. Romans 10.10 10 says, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Through prayer, you can invite Jesus right now into your heart, into your life, to become your personal Savior. For Romans 10, 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So if you have not accepted Jesus as your Savior, you can pray this prayer with me right now. Just repeat after me right now from your heart. Not because I ask you to, but because you are sincere and you really want to turn from wicked ways. And you really want God to become your Savior and you want to allow Him to be Lord of your life. Let's go to prayer. Dear God, I am a sinner and I need forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ shed his precious blood and died for my sin. God, I am willing to turn from sin. With my heart's desire, Father, I now invite Christ to come into my heart and life as my personal Savior. Lord, I thank you because I believe according to your word that you've done that. Because you told me in your word, Father, that if I call upon the name of the Lord, I shall be saved. I thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. And if you prayed that prayer with me, if you've trusted Jesus to be your personal Savior, you have just begun a wonderful new life in him. Praise God. You need to read your Bible every day. Get a good Bible. Get a good reference Bible to get to know Jesus better. Talk to God in prayer. Talk to him. He's your friend. Talk to him. Join up with a local church. Get baptized. 
worship and fellowship and serve other Christians in a local church where Christ is preached and that where the Bible is the final authority. Then tell somebody else about Jesus. Don't be selfish. Tell somebody else about Jesus. Amen. My prayer will be that you know your purpose and that you use those good and perfect gifts from God to fulfill it. Don't be selfish. Share the good news with others and carry somebody else somewhere. Start your day off by asking God to show you someone who needs to know him. Praise God. Let us go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for this message. We thank you, Father. We thank you because you said in your word that when your word goes forth, it would not return unto you void. We thank you, Father, for those who have accepted you, Lord God, as your, as your Savior, Lord God. We thank you that that's sealed right now in the name of Jesus. We thank you that your peace, Lord God, to envelop them right now as never before, Lord God. We thank you that your wisdom, Lord God, would guide and direct them, Lord God. We thank you, Lord God. That the peace that surpasses all understanding will be with them. Will walk with them. Just as he walked with us, Lord God. That they will walk with them in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Father, for all these things, Lord God. Because you do all things well. Thank you for our purpose, Lord God. Thank you for the many promises, Lord God. For we know, Lord God, we trust and believe, Lord God, that your promises are yea and amen. 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 Well, this concludes part two of this series, Your Purpose, God's Promises. We will continue with part three on the next series, Standing on the Promises of God. There are so many other promises we want to tap into. Praise God. We will tap into God's promises as our purpose comes into focus. Amen. Amen and amen. Go with God and know that Jesus loves you so very much. Praise God. Amen.